0: Welcome to Inspiration Narratives, a short series of conversation highlighting creatives from underrepresented communities. In honoring their work and creativity, we take a deeper dive into the times, moments, and influences that encapsulates why these creatives do what they do, and if, how, and where they use their medium to celebrate the cultures they come from. These are the stories that need to be told. This is Inspiration Narrative,
1: The origins of Black Music Month started with my ex, Kenny Gamble, who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and a multiple Grammy Award-winning songwriter and producer. Gamble had traveled to Nashville and saw what the Country Music Association was doing there. In Music City, they've developed an entire industry around country music. All the major labels, publishing houses, there were major recording studios, Many of the country artists resided in the Nashville, Tennessee area. So he came back to Philly and decided to do similarly for the Black music community with the establishment of the BMA, the Black Music Association. And born from that was the creation of June Black Music Month when President Jimmy Carter hosted a reception for about 200 and something people on the lawn of the White House. And it was at that time that President Carter declared June as Black Music Month. So with Gamble, broadcaster Ed Wright, and myself, we continue to promote it, develop, talk about the importance. Why should we have a month dedicated to the recognition of Black music? And my answer has been since then consistently because Black music is one of our greatest cultural gems one of our most precious exports to the world to the tune of billions, not millions, billions of dollars annually and since the beginning of music. So that's the that's the short <laughs> version of June Black Music Month. Would you just
0: say primarily that it was Mr. Gamble's influence after the Nashville trip that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, mm-hmm. Influence yeah you really kind of now diving more fully into the music business and the music industry or was where, where there
1: another? No, I was in the music business before I met Gamble. I was on the radio at 96.3 WHUR. When I met Gamble, I was emceeing a concert in Washington, DC, or one of his groups, the OJs. So I was always involved and in, I've been involved in music for a long time. I'm a native Harlemite. I grew up in the Bronx on Harlem in New York and I studied the flute with the great jazz flautist Jimmy Heath from mm-hmm. Philadelphia, one of the Heath brothers, flautist and saxophonist, and the father of James Ntume, uh, who is one of the most sampled artists, uh, songwriter-producers in contemporary hip-hop. So I've been involved in music, and Gable and I were a couple at the time when he had the idea for June Black Music Month and for the Black Music Association. So as his life partner and mother, at that point we had two children, I was very integrally involved in the establishment of the BMA, Philly Chapter, and as a result, also June Black Music Month. It was some years later, though, Ian, that I would go on to write a letter to President Bill Clinton asking him to host a similar reception like Jimmy Carter had done for us back in the It was actually uh, June 1979, and the White House said, okay, we see where the president hosted this reception. They they have archives, and we see that he said June is Black Music Month, but, boy, he didn't sign a presidential proclamation, it must have been an oversight, so go get legislation and then come back, and President uh, Clinton will do similarly. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I started learning about lobbying, and that was an interesting part of my life, but an enjoyable process nonetheless, because at the end of the day, I was successful in getting, I wrote the draft for the language, and I got senators and congressmen and women to support my effort to get June officially recognized by Congress as Black Music Month. Then I went back to the White House and had Multiple private meetings in the Oval Office with President Clinton. I took other artists such as the Isley Brothers. I took delegations of uh, entrepreneurs, artists, producers, songwriters, people like Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Karen White, Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff, uh, Lee Bailey from EUR, tons of people, Jamie Foster Brown. You know, I took lots of folks to the White House who had never been there before. And we had business-related discussions about uh, improving the conditions for doing business in the Black music industry. So that's pretty much
0: what happened. That's beautiful. From its inception to where we are now, like what Mm -hmm. does Black Music Month mean to you? And then also like Mm. in addition to what it means to you, like what more could we be doing here in the States, Mm -hmm. but then globally to celebrate that? Like, what isn't happening that you would like to see being, you know, the person that that initiated this?
1: Well, Gamble and I are very proud. We haven't talked to Ed Wright in a long time. Uh, in fact, we've had a recent conversation about where is Ed Wright, but Gamble and I live in Philadelphia. We are still very close. We're family. We have three adult children and a four-and-a-half-year-old Grandsons, so we are literally connected by DNA and uh, intergenerational now. We're, we've moved into the next generation. But we applaud the efforts of people such as yourself, the Black Creative, the, the collective of people who are recognizing that there's a specific time of month that we are saying, okay, we're not saying don't celebrate Black music every single day of the year because we are saying that. We're saying buy the music, buy the merchandise, stream it, go hear live concerts, go to clubs, uh, support the artists that you love, share with your children or your elders, your favorite artists, listen to music collectively. We are saying do that all the time. But June is a specific time frame for us to recognize these outstanding contributions made by people in the past the current generation and, and affording the one that's coming up to recognize. I do artist development and media coaching and I work with a lot of emerging as well as established artists. And especially with my younger clients, I say to them all the time, I just worked with a, uh, a he was 19, 19 year old singer signed to Def Jam. And I said something about Teddy Pendergrass and he said, who? Hmm? And I was like, oh Lord. I said, you cannot be an r and singer And not know who Teddy Pendergrass is, or Sam Cooke, or Jackie Wilson, or Marvin Gaye. You need not be in this business if you don't do your homework. So it is incumbent upon artists in particular, and people who work in the industry, and the young ones coming up to know the history. So that's what Black Music Month affords us a chance to do. It's not just dead people from the past, It's people right now, it's celebrating the hers and whoever who's current that you happen to love in any genre of music by letting them know how you appreciate them. And I think I veered off from the answer some, but Black Music Month, every single day, Black music. And, And I grew up in a home where Black music was, my daddy played the radio, like many millions of other Black folks and families. And I learned to hear and love James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Al Green, you name it, the meters, this was the music of my my youth and the music that is the soundtrack to my life. So to advocate for this month uh, is very easy for me because I'm passionate about creatives and those who support them. So it's the educators, the hairstylists, the makeup artists, the clothing designers, the stagehands, the sound engineer, the bookers, talent show bookers, everybody, anybody involved in the promotion development of black music is who we are acknowledging and celebrating. And there are events going on all over the country. I mean, June is a humongously busy month for me. I'm literally traversing the country going to festivals. For instance, next week I'll be in Boston for their celebration of June Black Music Month. And I support these uh, entities around the country, Chicago, Atlanta, um, Nashville, where they're doing events and they're saying, June is Black Music Month and we are going to honor these individuals. June is Black Music Month and we're gonna have a free concert in the community. I mean, all of the kind of things that are going on. Gamble and I note and celebrate it music campaigns are going on. If you look at Apple Music, you know, you look at the front page, their homepage, it's, we're celebrating June Black Music Month, Verizon. Uh, somebody gave me a towel the other day. Uh, I think it was Cricket. And it said 40th anniversary, June Black Music Month. I about wanted to cry. But it's every year there are more and more organizations, entities that are in fact Recognizing just like they're doing Pride and Black History Month, so we're we're happy, we're we're proud and pleased as the parents of Black Music Moms.
0: That's amazing. And we definitely, and I thank you so much for blazing that trail. We definitely, with Age of the Creative, want to keep that going. And the emerging, Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, the emerging to award-winning people that we also work with as well, you know, even the Black creative, this is something that we want to do and continue to celebrate creatives from underrepresented communities, not just for Black Music Month, Um, but you know, for pride, for, for black history, Mm -hmm. for Latino, right? Like, like, Mm -hmm. like you said, these are the people that are contributing to culture. And this is why, you know, this series is so important Mm -hmm. to me personally and for us. Um, and it's great that Apple, you know, has that, that, that spotlight card
1: there. Um, you know, MTV, BET, TV one. I mean, they're all, if you look, you'll see that there is an acknowledgement of this period of time. And, and again, Ian, you're doing your part. There are other people who similarly are saying, this is, you know, first the question is, what, why is it important? Who should be celebrating? And it shouldn't just be black folks. everybody should be celebrating because black music to me is the resource and the wellspring for many other genres of music that have been appropriated by other groups of people And, you know, it's like, look, if you look at hip hop, which is now the number one selling music on planet Earth, it is hip hop. You have, it came from the Bronx, from rap music. It originated with black folks. But now you have white rappers, you have Logic, and you have uh, Eminem, and, you know, you have uh, Post Malone, right? And these people are selling tons of records. And I get it, you know, their own groups want their own interpretations. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Just give credit to the wellspring, to the source. And that is Black music. And having traveled to Africa many times, it is very African. (laughs) It is African music that has been interpreted by Black people who were enslaved, treated abusively, raped, harmed, killed, worked for free. When you hear When you hear the the soul, the the very DNA of Black music is born out of joy and pain, to quote a Frankie Beverly May song. It really is, but it resonates with everybody regardless to religious or ethnic or social economic background. I'm a big Black music fan.
0: Yeah, agreed. Having had the opportunity myself, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame going there almost uh, over a decade ago. Um, and learning so much more about the origins of music, the origins of specific genres, and then also seeing the influence that people of color, specifically black people had on the starts of of these genres and the music is just so crazy to me. But then also having also having had the opportunity to travel to different places around the world um, and see that music is actually a universal language and see the mm-hmm. influence and the impact that music has on people mm-hmm. people that might not even speak the same language as you, being able to sing um, a song that was written and performed in English, mm-hmm. um, and then looking mm-hmm. at the impact that it has uh, from people like uh, a Michael Jackson or Bob Marley, like maybe even more Bob Marley, right? To like uh, mm-hmm. using, and, and that's what I talk about with art and creativity to solve problems, like using his medium to bring peace um, in Jamaica, right? Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. could be like a Donald Glover or just using hip-hop. Not necessarily, right, like, This Is America didn't solve a problem, but it now started a conversation around a problem. Um, sure. Talk about solving.
1: Protest it. music. We're big on protest music. I mean, Curtis Mayfield, Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone, you know, that was all. That has been also part of our the soundtrack where we have, our artists have articulated the issues, the problems, in some cases, the solutions. To what we face as black people in America dealing with racism, sexism, ageism, all the isms. Uh, but, you know, I loved This is America. Like you said, it wasn't necessarily pointing to the solution, but he was stating the issues and the problems, and a lot, it resonated. I mean, it was a big, huge song. He won, I forgot what, he won a Grammy for it, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And even like, right, like using talk, and I know we're pressed on time, but thinking about as well, like, right, like a a couple artists that we work with, um, they are involved in an organization called Music and Memory. And, you know, I hold that, Mm -hmm. not necessarily that organization, but what the initiative for the organization is about people with psychologically cognitive disabilities, like Alzheimer's and dementia, Mm -hmm. um, and bringing music to these people and showing how music can actually now not necessarily cure these diseases, um, but it brings some of these memories. How- back, Right. Yeah. Right? Because my no, grandmother no has Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. my aunt has dementia. Mm-hmm. So, um, you mm-hmm. know, I hold that near and dear to my heart. And, and Brian, Michael Cox and Robert Glasper, who we work with, you know, are both mm-hmm. at the forefront uh, of that organization. I guess the last. I was uh,
1: just with Brian. Yeah. I was just with Brian and Philly. He and Gamble did a conversation uh, just a few weeks ago love oh, Brian. Amazing. I think he's super, super, yeah, super, super talented. Super and talented. I saw Robert Glasper. I was sitting right behind him at the Apollo Theater for the opening of the Tribeca Film Festival and the Apollo Theater official documentary that's going to air on HBO in the fall, produced by my dear friend Lisa Cortez. So, and you're talking about, just in the mention of these three artists, great music. We're talking about real musicianship, talented songwriters, just gifted and down-to-earth people who recognize their place in the culture and the history and what is coming up. They are uh, they are definitely standard bearers for Black music. Exactly. Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they mm-hmm. have so much that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. the current state of um, Black creatives and Black creative entrepreneurs in music? Mm-hmm. And then if you can just sum that up, as well and just talking about from what your current thoughts are on that state like things that you would like to see um, in black music and and things
1: grow Mm -hmm. I believe that first of all what I would love to see is the return to musicians and live music and people recording together in the studio like they used to rather than oh I'll just send you you the digital no I love live music and I come from I, I am a 70s baby I grew up as a young woman my Year that I graduated from high school, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" came out, and it's still my number one favorite album. Uh, I believe that uh, I want to hear lyrics and great melodies again, and and that's happening with some people. I mean, we just cited Robert Glasper and Brian Michael Cox and see those people are making real music. So, and I want young people to do their homework and to know what came before them. And I'm not talking about you know just last year before them, I'm talking about dig and do your research. When I work with an artist in my business and uh, with my clientele, I'm constantly stressing uh, knowledge of power and doing their homework. In fact, I give my clients, most of my clients, a book called The Big Payback by Dan Charnas. It deals with the history of um, the hip hop rap business. And my thing is be educated and be aware Of what that contract says. What kind of contract are you signing? What kind of rights do you have? What kind of ownership will you possess? So, for creatives, I um, encourage them to learn about those before them, people who are doing things now that they might find compelling enough to do creative endeavors with. And for young folks, I say, hey, Talk to your mom and dad. Find out who their favorite artists were. Talk to your grandparents. Find out about their favorite artists. Uh, We need to collaborate more, and we need to support people who are making music. I go to clubs. I I have friends who are artists. I will pay, buy a ticket. I don't even tell them I'm coming because I know they're like, oh, I'll put you on the list. I don't need to be put on the list. I need to reinvest my money into other gifted people who are lifting up the, co- the, the culture, you mentioned Afropunk, um, Jocelyn and her husband and what they're doing, and they're taking Afropunk around the world for festivals. Essence is doing festivals in Africa in Durban, and Durban and in Johannesburg. So we are exporting the music and the culture and what comes with the music is the language, the dance, the fashion. I mean, look, major luxury brands copy what Black folks are doing and when they see videos of artists, they're replicating it and selling it for thousands of dollars. We're informing every strata of the culture. So I um, wanna see more reasonable collaborations with people who are like-minded, and I wanna hear real music, and I wanna pay homage to the past, celebrate right now, and get ready for the marvelous future that we have ahead of us with future generations that will continue to make great music in the name of black music and the legacy that is grand, majestic, powerful. Thank you for according me the opportunity to make people aware that may not know 40 years of a celebration has been going on. And long after Gamble, Ed Wright and I are gone, it's part of our legacy as contributors to our culture. Um, for me as a mother, as a grandmother, as a daughter, as a citizen of the cities that I reside in, it's part of what I leave. It's, it's my desire to have people say Duke Ellington was a great American composer, musician, artist. You know, we cannot forget Miles Davis and Kind of Blue, we, we cannot forget a Janet Jackson and the great body of work she did with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We cannot overlook Gamble and Huff and the sounds of Philadelphia with their third partner, Tom Bell and Linda Creed and the lovely love songs we fall in love to and make babies to and, you know, party to and mourn to. So thank you.
0: This is Inspiration
1: Narrative. An age of the creative original.